Hi everyone, it just struck me that I might try this uh, podcast function that Substack has made available to everyone. And it so happens that by luck and my friend David Rogers at Kingston University in London, I have had the chance to publish a book of poems fall into my lap. That was January 7th, it's now March 13th. And the final draft of the book was due the end of February, and um, I finished it. One of the first things the the five young master's students in the Kingston University publishing program asked me to do for this book was to write a foreword. And in my first two books, Tactile Values in 2000 and A Bedroom Occupation in 2007, I didn't do a foreword or preface or anything like that. I never have done one. And uh, I didn't have any say in how the book was designed. Um, but I thought about this foreword and I, and I kept working on the poems. And my first draft of the foreword is really a patchwork of older writing that I, that I looked through and found and sort of put together. And that was done two hours before the first deadline that I that I had to meet for a full manuscript. Um, and then before the final draft, I I had second thoughts about that forward, and so I wrote a new one. And now, of course, I regret that. Um, I've had three different readings of it, and two people liked it, and one person didn't really. One person found it academic, which was the last thing I thought it was. And then when I looked at it, I said, well, on the first page, there's a mention of Derrida and Aristotle. So, of course, it would strike Dana Joya as um, academic or anyone, probably. Who talks about Derrida and Aristotle except academics, really? So Dana is probably right that it's academic. The other two parts aren't so academic, and my whole idea behind it was that readers ask me, uh, used to at readings, I haven't done a reading for years, but they would say, well, where do you get your ideas, or how do you write a poem? Or Basically, I thought they were asking, who are you, and why are you doing this? What possible uh, purpose could you have in doing it, and why would you do it this way? If you can express yourself, why not do it in some other way <clears throat> than a poem? So, and somewhere in the back of my mind, I was saying, well, maybe someone wants to know, and this someone wouldn't be an academic, um, wouldn't have a PhD, would have gotten out of education as soon as they could, whether at the end of high school or the end of college, and never look back on it except when they're 40 or 50 and say, well, that was a pretty good time and I wish I'd read more or something like that. But um, so, so that's the preface that's in there now that I regret. And, um, and yet it says some things that the first one didn't and the first one says some things that the second one doesn't. So hit or miss. And uh, yet Tonight, I thought I would just um, read a couple of the poems in it. Uh, the book should be ready uh, by the end of March.
and it's called Balance Sheets. And these poems are, uh, some were written 40 years ago and some were written two months ago. Um, most of them fall in between there somewhere. And uh, some are uh, have been published in journals before, but only a few. And um, I just paged through randomly, and I found a poem called At Fairmount Cemetery. And this was written some years ago, and it's about our family going to the cemetery uh, to um, pay our respects to. That doesn't sound right. Um, our youngest brother, Chris, my parents' first uh, youngest child at the time, um, and then my brother Craig, and my grandmother, my mother's mother, and then by, uh, my father, my mother's father is there also. Um, but mainly, this involved going to see Chrissy's grave. So that would be my mother, my father, my older brother Bruce, my younger brother Craig, um, and I. And we go to the cemetery. And this is about that. Each of us holds something. Purse, Bible, whisk broom, hairpin, gloves, flowers, keys, hand. Picks at something. Grass, dirt, trash. We start saying things. We look at the crabapple trees if it's that time. If not, at the mountain through their branches. We look out, up, away from the leanings the headstones have but end up looking down at the four of us we came for. Then we read from scripture. That makes us weak. The Our Father makes us weaker. We want to hurry up and go. Our hips face the headstones, but our shoulders cheat to the car. That's the kind of animal we are. Uh, that's from a section that has a few death poems in it. And um, the last section has a poem that I thought of reading. I've given it a couple of different titles over the years. It's a, in many ways, a childish poem. And uh, it, at one point, even in this manuscript, it was called um, The Heart. And uh, now it's called Anger. And this was written after my brother Craig, younger brother Craig, died. And um, at the time, his friend and mine and our neighbor, Amy Lemon, was with us. And Amy and I sort of fell in love over in, in Craig's death and uh, spending time with him and with each other and with our families. And uh, this happened one time, and I, I wrote this poem. It says, Why do you always have to start crying just after I start? You always have to ruin it for me. Why can't you bear it without taking part when the grief is not your grief and the heart is not your heart?
one of the last poems is called Training Up in Calendar Software. I worked at Rocky Mountain Institute for a couple of years writing grant proposals in Old Snowmass, Colorado. And uh, we would get these trainings in, in software programs. So we got some calendar software. So this would be about 1999 or 2000. And they came to show us how to work it. Um, I think this was at RMI. Now, now I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking it could have been much later at um, College of St. Mary where I worked, but that was another software, another training. So yes, this goes back to RMI. And uh, I made some notes about what the guy said during the training and the questions we asked. The poem says, how can we get caught up in the past where no one's available? Other questions? No, it doesn't matter how we shadow our twilight hours. As the calendar fills, we chug away in the background. Questions while we do? Can we do it any faster? Everything goes away eventually, but the process can't be hurried. Privacy? Artifacts of others' calendars will always be in yours. You can only hide yourself. Right after that comes a poem. Many of the poems in this manuscript are short. It's, it's more than 100 pages, but uh, some of the poems are four lines, and, um, and some are not much longer than that. This is four lines, and it's called A Life. It used to be called a book review, and it came from my stint as an editorial assistant at HarperCollins in New York in um, 1991, 92 or 93, I think. Um, I worked as Tricia Rossi's uh, editorial assistant. And uh, next to us was the, the history editor. I was in the English, English editor. And um, uh, there would come book reviews of manuscripts, reviews of manuscripts that we would send out. And one came from the UK. And this came from that. So it's called A Life. Disposed to like it when I began. I found it in the end and also ran. For being so long, it's far too bitty. Inside every good book is a shitty. Uh, sometime after I wrote it, I realized that while bitty might be an, a British adjective, the British are much more likely to say shit than shitty. Americans are more likely to say, this is a shitty lunch or this is a shitty place. But the British would say this is a shit place or that's a shit lunch or something. Um, I tend to say shitty, I guess. But I had to in this poem to make the rhyme work out. Um, maybe that is enough for now in my first venture in the podcast. Um, thanks for listening. <laughs>